0: looking for tomorrow to come in and be the best that I can be in training and to train as hard as I possibly
1: can and then I'll move on to the next day and that's how I've looked at my career
0: subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app OTB
2: AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar Time for us to turn our attention to uh, the ongoing situation at Manchester United, which has upticked significantly. Andy Mitten, good morning to you. How are you? Good
0: morning. OK, thank
2: you. We've, we've had some of these phone calls uh, over the last five or six years where there's just been a pall of depression, like a little black cloud following you behind kind of uh, comic book style. It's beginning to dissipate. We're not saying it's gone, but certainly uh, the mood has changed significantly.
0: Well, football is a results business and Manchester United have had two positive results uh, in the space of five days, beating Liverpool and and Southampton. So, yeah, compared with uh, one week ago when I don't think many Manchester United fans thought to get a result against Liverpool, not a draw, let alone a win, uh, things are much brighter. The win at Southampton was the first away win since February after seven straight defeats and it was the first clean sheet since Norwich away... Uh, last December so yeah pretty sig- pretty significant
2: It is significant right? It's not just uh, a little flash in the pan where he's put together some uh, some results He he's made significant structural changes and he's dropped players who hadn't been dropped up to this point and the team have responded I think that's why Manchester United fans are feeling a little bit of confidence about what the future holds if not certainty at least
0: Yeah I think that's fair he's made the big calls and he's been vindicated by them Uh, He dropped the captain Harry Maguire. Um, Luke Shaw uh, has been replaced by Terrell Malassia at at left-back, who's done very well. Uh, Rafael Varane has come in and also done very well. Cristiano Ronaldo has not been starting either. We've seen Casemiro wearing a Manchester United shirt. Uh, United fans are encouraged by the imminent signing of Anthony as well from Ajax for, for a huge fee. So all of these things uh, affect the mood in, in, a, in a positive way. And I think Ten Hag is coming out of this better than anybody. I think he he's quite an impressive character. He speaks his mind. He calls people out. And He's got courage in his convictions, and he was a successful coach at Ajax, and he thinks he will be at Manchester United. He keeps saying this will take time and I absolutely think it will do. There's a, a an away game at Leicester on Thursday. Arsenal at the weekend. Arsenal are obviously flying. So there's going to be loads and loads of bumps. It's not just going to be click fingers, OK, Manchester United are great again now, but but two wins have definitely lifted the mood.
1: What's your read on Anthony, Andy? Because it feels as if there's a, a general, uh, there's just no uh, conclusiveness around the analysis about how he's going to to work for Manchester United. People saying, you don't look at the stats, he's a fantastic player. And then other people saying, well, his stats are underwhelming for a £100 million player. So what do you think the truth is going to be?
0: Well, his stats are underwhelming for a player who's who's that much, but he he doesn't set his price. It's a player who the manager wants and who the manager has wanted the club to push for, which is good because the manager is in charge of the team and it could be bad if it doesn't work out with the manager. And that's why clubs have sporting directors um, to negate uh, one manager overloading the team with his own players in. If Manchester United are winning and playing well, it will be great. This play is absolutely fantastic. And if they're not and he's not, it will be... Uh, the, the jump is too big from, from the Dutch top flight to, to the English top flight. Um, I've I've probably seen him live three times Um, so I've been speaking to people who who watch him professionally scouts, analysts, that type of stuff and I get a sense of uh, a very talented player one who who will bring fans out of their seat but also raised eyebrows about about the huge fee and as you said about his stats, uh, he's been a forward in a team that have won league a couple of times and I don't think he's got double, double figures, so his stats are not are not off the scale. I think United fans will be pleased that he signs. They'll absolutely get behind him. They'll encourage him, and I hope I hope he does well. His, his age fits the idealised version that Manchester United have of the um, of the team going forward. And that's not always been possible in bringing in Casemiro, who's thirty, for example. So, yeah, I, I think the signing will be greeted. Um,
1: Warmly. How does that attack then look in a couple of weeks when he's settled in? Who starts?
0: Anthony, Anthony and Anthony. Um, that will be the front three for Manchester United uh, with Martial, Alanga and Anthony. I've laughed or socked off that actually happened. Um, I still think Manchester United might bring another striker in um, because it's looks short. I wouldn't be stunned if Cristiano Ronaldo left th- this week. Um, I know he wants to leave. So we'll see what happens there in the last few days of, of the transfer window. I'll be glad when the transfer window is shut. It, it drives me crazy. It, it, it does irrational things to otherwise sensible humans. So that closes at, um, on Thursday and fans can concentrate on watching the football. And there's a lot of football ahead of the World Cup. Uh, I would say um, Sancho... Probably going to start needs to be needs to play better in more matches. Anthony Martial's got these niggling injuries; got to get over them. Uh, Marcus Rashford was good against Liverpool in a central role, um, peripheral against Southampton. So, what it does do is it creates competition for places, which any manager wants. If you're playing well, you're going to be starting. I would have been doubtful about seeing Anthony Alanga a few weeks ago. I know other clubs were looking at him, trying to take him on loan. But Eric Ten Hag likes him, so it's for him to work out. I know that United wanted a more physical striker. Uh, that's why they would looked at uh, Arnautovic, not that he was ever going to be a starter, then backed off from that. So uh, I, I wouldn't be stunned if a, if a, a number nine come, came in. And I, I watched like, Robert Lewandowski last night uh, live, and I could see why any team would want a classical number nine.
1: But they're hard to get like who who would be in the mix for that potential role as United's new nine like is is Aubameyang in the mix like I'm trying to think of of nines that are possibly available
0: yeah it, it's a good question and it's a tough question because there are not many um Aubameyang the situation with him is uh, the links are coming from his side rather than Manchester United's side Manchester United will be asked to be kept abreast of any developments there's a huge difference between that and actively being interested in in a player. So that's the situation with Aubameyang at the moment. From my sources on the Barcelona side, um, they will say we will sell him, but only for a lot of money. If you're Aubameyang, you're basically not starting like Frankie Jong because um, Robert Lewandowski is starting ahead of him and Pedri, Gavi, Sergio Busquets, is starting ahead of Frankie Dijon as well. So that's why I think we'll see quite a lot of activity in the transfer market in the last couple of days. Manchester United really need to move some players on and get them off the wage bill, but that's also very difficult.
2: If, if Anthony gets finally all through, that'll be five first-teamers, essentially, that Manchester United have signed in this transfer window, which is a remarkable level of surgery done in one window. And, you know, I know everybody was saying this is going to take years, but actually, if they can continue that level of activity, by the end of this season... We will know exactly who Eric Ten Hag wants, what the prototype of that player is, and their expectation when they join will have been set by the culture set by those new players. So it has been a remarkable window, and it's not over yet.
0: And it's not over yet. Uh, United spent, uh, will have spent, if it comes in, £200 million. It's a huge amount. And I, I think that Cristiano Ronaldo's wages, I struggle to see how they will fit in, in with the wage structure now. And as I said, United have got to move players on. There'll be players this week looking at the situation, thinking, I've got a contract here, but I'm not going to be playing football. I'm not going to be starting. So we could see a few surprises. Uh, five players, maybe six players. It's a huge, huge transfer window. The biggest that I can remember, uh, Ferg- Alex Ferguson in 89, bringing in five players for huge fees and getting criticised for it, especially when the team started the season poorly. But almost all of those players were, were, were good signings. Uh, So, I think there's a demand from some fans to sign more, 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 more players. It's ridiculous. You know, United could sign Anthony today and Robert Lewandowski tomorrow and you'll still find some fans going, we need more, we need more, 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 more. And there's this insatiable demand from transfer junkies to bring more players in. But there's got to be a balanced squad as well because players who are not playing are going to be annoyed. Um, The problem Manchester United have got which is the club's problem, not the players' problem, is that some of them earn too much. So other clubs are reluctant to take them, the players off. So United end up having to subsidise the wages of players they let go on loan. And if them subsidies are too much, Manchester United feel that the club who've taken them are not so inclined to play the players, which is what they want to increase the value. So this is a conundrum from a club who are not top of the transfer tree. You look at the opposite of that and you see Real Madrid basically selling players from a position of strength.
1: I get the sense that maybe your Twitter mentions during the transfer market isn't uh, a wholly (laughs) positive experience, Andy.
0: No, it's not. It's not. Um, I said yesterday, um, Manchester United can now field a team of Spanish and Portuguese players. And I tweeted that um, because I think it's interesting. No, I'm in a house of Portuguese speakers. My wife (laughs) speaks Portuguese. Uh, She's Brazilian. My children speak Portuguese. And I think it's interesting. And I got a load of abuse for being xenophobic. I thought, this is ridiculous. You clearly don't know me where I spend most of my time traveling around the world, who I write the books with. How on earth can you see something like that and see a negative into it? I I see it as um, interesting. Apart from being a fan, being a journalist as well, because I get to interview people like Casimiro because he, he can't speak English. But as I said earlier, the transfer market does mad things to otherwise sensible humans. It absolutely warps people's minds. I get the demands for new players. Uh, I always loved uh, buying the back of the Manchester Evening News, seeing that Manchester United have signed, signed a, a new player. But I sense there are some people who would rather Manchester United actually stop playing matches and just concentrate on buying footballers. Some of them never actually mention the football or the football games. It's all about players, players, players. And yeah, Twitter is an absolute cesspit for a journalist at this time of the year.
2: Can I ask you a question about two players that um, are are interesting at the moment? Uh, The the right back and Scott McTominay. So uh, Dallow is somebody that I think probably suffered from... um, for whatever reason Manchester United fans didn't particularly rate him very highly but he's played well over the last couple of games and uh, McTominay has also played well like that's the whole point of getting a coach who has a plan and gives people instructions and gives them confidence within those instructions is that you don't actually have to sign new players for every position you can if you want but there's definitely some players who are going to be part of Manchester United's future under Ten Hag. do those two have the best chance at the moment?
0: I think what you said is fair comment. Um, Delow has had two good games and bringing another right-back is improbable. Uh, he's defensively, he's not the best right-back in the world. He's probably not at the level of the, the full-backs at Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, but he's had a good couple of weeks and I thought he defended well on Saturday and was a clean sheet. Uh, I thought McTominay played well against Liverpool. I thought he did, did well against Southampton and, and tactically, Um he would drop back and give Manchester United more cover when Southampton were attacking. Uh, I gave him a 7 out of 10. I got slaughtered for giving him 7 out of 10. English bias. What? Where on earth are these viewpoints coming from? Um, Scott McTominay technically is not the most gifted midfielder in the world. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to start every week for Manchester United. He can add to a squad he can play he played well against Liverpool at Old Trafford he can clearly play football but I think it's fair to say Manchester United's midfield did need strength in him and Casemiro had a little cameo when he came on Casemiro is one of the best players in the world in that position but successful football teams are not just about the starting 11 it's about a squad you need a squad and I would firmly see a future for Scott McTominay brings a lot of positive attributes um, just maybe not the over-reliance on him and Fred that we've seen in recent seasons and at times that's worked and at other times it hasn't and if you're going to be successful it needs to work almost all the time.
2: Yeah, that's the, the the benefit of having a good quality coach who knows exactly what they're doing and we're going to see that with other players. The elanga thing is, is very interesting as well. That's the force multiplier that these wins actually give him the confidence and they, he runs the dressing room because it, uh, it's, it's noticeable that there's been... No leaks from the dressing room about how they don't like the style of play anymore.
0: There'll always be leaks coming from the dressing room. Always, always, always. Because humans speak and journalists will be out of jobs if you didn't get inside information. But the the leaks which come when the team are winning are completely different. Uh, United lost a couple of players, moved a couple of players on who were responsible for some negative leaks. Ones which undermined um, the status of of the managers and... When the team are winning, you get much more more positive news seeping out of, of, of the dressing room. Um, I thought the attack was actually quite poor at, at Southampton, but it's a work in progress. It really is. Um, that 1-0 win was really encouraging. Focus and praise on the defence, which I think was right to do. Uh, I should mention Varan. He's one of the best defenders in the world, but we didn't see it last year at United. And I interviewed him in May, and it was all a bit... Yeah, yeah, and we published the interview. Almost no reaction because he'd underwhelmed, and he's been fantastic against Liverpool and and played really well against um, at Southampton at the weekend. So a lot of them players have still got to raise raise their games. Um, Leicester is a is a good test. I know they've started badly, but they put four past United in the equivalent fixture last year, and an Arsenal at Old Trafford. Manchester United can take points off Arsenal, that will be really, really significant. Because even though United beat Liverpool, Liverpool actually were the more dominant team. So that says two things to me. One, if United can win a match despite not being dominant by taking the chances, uh, which they did, that's definitely an encouraging thing. And it takes me a little bit back to Solskjaer's uh, best moments when his team didn't have possession but would get some important victories. Uh, Ten Hag wants to play it with a dominant style of football, which naturally means the team has more possession, and that will come in time. We're four games into Ten Hag's time at Manchester United. Again, there's going to be so many bumps along the way, but those two wins have, have lifted the mood.
2: Andy, good stuff. Thanks, Millie, for joining us this morning. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.